You're listening to the Blair List Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Blair List Podcast. Today, I am joined by my friend Europe Angelique, the founder of Prime Culture Creative, an artist management and creative agency. Welcome. (laughs) Hello, I'm here. So on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. Where are you from and what did you want to be when you grew up? I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I've always wanted to work in entertainment at some capacity, believe it or not. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I knew that I didn't want to be like a lawyer or a doctor. Like I knew I wanted to work in entertainment, like from the beginning. How did you get involved in the entertainment industry coming from Minnesota? So it started off with internships. I kind of, um, I reached out to local entertainment companies that worked with music artists and I slid into the DMs on MySpace. (laughs) I was young. I was in high school. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I, like I said, I knew I wanted to be in entertainment. So I asked if I can intern and they said yes. And I kind of started that way. And then I got into party promotions. I would say when I was like 18 And then I went to Howard University, and when I was there, I started a blog, and then I was an assistant. So it kind of was like a domino effect. But I would say in the eighth grade, um, Lizzie Grebman had a show called Power Girls on MTV, and that kind of made me, it it influenced me to want to be a publicist in the beginning. But I didn't know how that was going to happen, but their job just looked so fire that I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> like, I want to work. I want to plan the party and be there with the artists that I love. Like, So for so. the people who don't know, what does a publicist do? We connect the dots. <laughs> we make it happen. No, we literally, I feel like, I don't really like the term publicist because I feel like once you get into that, once you wear that hat, people tap on you for so many different things that you're no longer just a publicist. Which is what I'm glad that I realized early, um, because it's just, I'm not your traditional publicist, let's put that out there. (laughs) So some people might object, you know, not agree with what I'm saying, but when it comes to my journey, that's how I feel. Talk to me about what you're doing now with Prime Culture Creative. Over the past year, I've honestly been focusing on growing my new artist. Her name is Khalees. Um, She's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I honestly was more so focused on the artist management role over the past year down in Atlanta. Um, I had her done there recording. We were working on a new project, and we just started to roll out her singles like a whole year later. Um, And it wasn't until COVID that I decided that I wanted to focus and really grow my company and actually bring on staff. Like up until this April, end of May-ish, I was doing everything by myself, um, even when I was living in New York. Uh, so (laughs) I had time to think (laughs) over them two months in Minnesota during COVID and I was like, either I go get a job or apply at a label somewhere or I connect with the right person and really like take a stab at growing my company. And I did that and yeah, that's where we're at now. Now I'm doing a lot of like brand partnerships, events, like, you know, the world is opening back up slowly but surely and I took full advantage of that and yeah, I, I couldn't be happier right now. Run me through your clientele of people that you've worked with in the past and maybe some projects that mean a lot to you. 
So my first client ever was SZA. And that was great. It was like we were winging it. And that's kind of how I figured out how to, you know, even take a stab at artist management or wanting to do publicity or like reaching out to publications to play my artist music. So I had like SZA, Rory, Jeremiah was fun. Um, Chuck English is a favorite because I was like MySpace days. I was a fan of the cool kids. So when I met him at South by, I was like, um, and he said he needed publicity. I was like, yeah, I can help you. And then like that led me to working with like Orange Calderon. Um, you know, I worked with the private club, so did all the Made in Tokyo's first stuff. Um, saw my Slims, 24 Hours. Um, the list goes. <laughs> I kind of blank out when I'm like thinking of. Who everybody I worked with. What's it like working in the music industry as a woman? <laughs> I don't, honestly, I'm grateful that I don't get the typical cliche, like, it's so hard for me because I'm a girl. Men respect me and I really appreciate that. Like, I haven't had a lot of, like, core stories in terms of, like, men trying me. Um, I feel like I'm placed in a lot of, like, fortunate situations to where the men that I involve myself with respect me and help me secure the bag. Like, I don't really have a bad, like... Well, that's super rare. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, I think I have a very rare case of, like, people showing me respect. I don't know if it's how I present myself or, like, a lot of these relationships are, like, now, like, 10-year relationships, and I just feel like I put my, like, I've dealt with even certain male clientele that, that that are known to be rude to women, and people will be like, how do you work with him? And I'm like, he treats me like an angel. Like, I don't know about you, but I haven't had any bad, like, situations. What are some of the biggest misconceptions of working in a creative field? That our time is not money and that we're just available whenever. No. <laughs> um I don't know if I would single it out to the music industry, but dealing with multiple personalities on a daily basis, especially being an artist manager and wearing the head of a publicist with certain people, you have to deal with like relationships and how people are feeling that day. And then like, you don't think about yourself. So a lot of people see like the glitz and glam and ooh, it looks fun on Instagram. And then they see like, oh, you have to do these boring spreadsheets sometimes or like, <laughs> no, I, do you know how many interns that I ran through that get scared away because I've like showed them what I really got to do? I'm like, yeah, it looks cute. It's fun to travel and do X, Y, and Z, but all the stuff behind the scenes, like waking up, taking phone calls, getting on 6 a.m. flights, being there for the press run, doing X, Y, like it's a lot. So, When you work with artists, what are some mistakes that you always see them making that they wish they wouldn't? Like if it comes to their media kit or maybe with their album rollout? Are there any principles that you sort of stick to when it comes to, you know, the, everything that you're doing? Um, everyone is different. I would say the main thing that artists deal with is kind of being in their own way. Because everybody knows, like, okay, like, I haven't worked with anyone that does, or maybe they don't go to the studio enough, they wish they went more, I don't know, but... I would say a lot of artists' mistakes are just being in their own way because it's like you know what you need to do and what it is, especially if you want to pursue it as a career. From my experience, it's mainly been like their own attitude or choosing something over their career that they should have. You know what I mean? It's like, but you learn sure. over time. Yeah, it's like maturity for, for sure because sure. I work with a lot of people from the beginning. Like I've had at least three clients, maybe three to four that I knew before the age of, 20. 
wow. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> years where it's like, okay, over the years, like, now you're 25 now or you're whatever. Like, my DJ, who I manage, she's now, like, I've, knew, I've known her since she was, like, 19. She's, like, 26 now or 25. Yeah, so <laughs> like, it's, like, really emphasizing. Yeah, so, that, yeah, so you see over the years how people grow and then I've even grown in my style of, like, dealing with clientele, how you talk to people, what I let bother me, what I don't let bother me, taking self-time, setting office hours. <laughs> like cause Boundaries. People, yeah, like, setting those boundaries. Because a lot of people... In the beginning, it was like we were more like family, and now I treat it like business. Yeah, you I think that's that important. Yeah, down. like our relationships were very like sister like, or you know, like you're my family. And now I think we realize that if we want to make money, we can't like mix the two. Yeah, sometimes so. it can be really difficult <laughs> working with friends, and a lot of right. friendships don't sustain that because that business relationship and that family type relationship is really different. And I feel right. like, especially in the music industry, a lot of people learn that very quickly because right. most people go into it thinking like, oh, I'm going to make money with my friends. I'm going to blow up and I have all these like people around me and we're going to work together. And they usually are never there in the end because working right. together like sort of burns that bridge. Yeah, you always bring in the new, you know, addition to the team or the new manager. And then it's like the people that was there from day one end up, you know, falling back because it's like it just, it never works. I, I won't say never. But very rarely. Most, yeah, very rarely does it work. That yeah. You, even if you separate, you might come back together. But it's kind of like. Yeah, business is business. Yeah, like business. Look, business is strictly financial. (laughs) You can't. You can't really have emotions in it, and I think that that's why those relationships don't flourish. Right. So think twice before you're about to hire your cousin to manage you. Right. You still want to talk to him in a few years. Right. Exactly. I'm sure you get a bunch of DMs from up and coming artists being like, "Europe, help me manage me, do my PR." What is some advice that you would give to an up-and-coming artist that's looking to make it big, like real concrete PR and marketing tips? I would say it's all about consistency. If you're consistently dropping music, like I think a lot of people overthink it and they think like, what if the numbers aren't this? or What if it's not that? I feel like if you have a catalog of music to put it out, it's different if you're like starting from scratch and you want to like strategize a little bit, but if you're like in the groove and you have and you're sitting on all these songs, it's like um, consistency, um, ha- having a good Instagram because images matter, as shallow as that is. <laughs> um, Media kits and EPKs. Yes. Well, I mean, even. I mean, yeah, I, I love a good media kit. I love EPK. But at the end of the day, it's about the music and getting the streets to be on your side. So, like, whatever you got to do, if that's dropping the SoundCloud, if that's tapping in with your local podcast, if that's, like, that's more important to me than anything. Because once people are drawn to you, to your music, and they connect with you, like, you, it's the fan base that matters. It, I'm driving around last night. I'm playing my artist music. These two girls, they were a little intoxicated. They ran up, but I really wanted to see their reaction. Like, I'm like, do you fuck with this? Like, they're like, yeah, like, I like her. Like, that's how you create fans. So. Do you believe that you should always start at home and grow from there? I do, but not everybody has a good... I understand if you're not... You know, some people don't connect with their homes. I mean, I'm a very home-based type of girl, but... Some people feel more at home in whatever their new city is. So wherever that is, yes, I I think um, home base is important. That support is the most important for sure. 
So going back to your agency side, how do you network and connect with these brands to get partnerships with them or throw events for them? I'm a very social person. <laughs> so I meet these people out. I mean, pre-COVID, I was out and about. I was traveling. Traveling is my favorite thing. I meet so many people in all these different cities. Like, even if you just decide, you know, pick every big weekend that happens, whether it's Basel, ComplexCom, whatever, making the effort to be in that space, you never know who you're going to meet. Even if you don't go to every popping event, you're going to run into somebody somewhere. It could be a bar, like... I've met so many people just eating, you know, eating at the bar, having a drink, or just being at a hotel. Like, I feel like that it's very, especially in New York, events are every day. Do you have any networking tips for people who maybe are a little bit shy and they don't know what to do? Like, do you believe in business cards still? Do you believe in just approaching people? I do. I. <laughs> Do you believe in business cards? No, I'm, I'm still... I feel like that's such a relevant question for yeah, 2020. That, because I think it's fun. Yeah, because no everybody's one. on there like, I got a Everyone's USB. like, follow me like, on Instagram. Yeah, like, follow me on... I, th I mean, social media is powerful. Like, thank you to Instagram. I met so many people. Um, Twitter Twitter was more effective for me early on. Um, but no, I'm still for... I make sure I give people my contacts. I used to walk around with business cards, but now I just like... I'm more so like, just give me your email, give me your number, and let's connect right away type of thing. Um, but yeah, networking is different for everybody. So you did live in New York City, and now you're back in ATL. Why did you decide to move? Because <laughs> I knew I didn't want to be in New York forever. Um, right after graduation, I was like, I knew I wanted to dedicate my early 20s to being in New York. Um, so I took a stab at it. I, I, I knew that I didn't want to settle there. And it just so happened that it was perfect. Right before COVID, I snuck my ass up out of there. Um, <laughs> and now I'm in Atlanta. But I love New York. I learned a lot. I learned how to make money. I learned... I grew a lot as a woman. You I had got a lot, a lot of experience. Of, oh, I got a lot of experience in New York. Yeah. So, we'll always love New York. What artists are you looking forward to seeing grow besides your own artists? Mm. Is there anyone's career that you're inspired by that maybe organically it happened really well for them? Naturally, I would have to say Summer Walker. And I say Summer because she came from a similar situation. You know, she started with a female uh, manager. Um, so I related in that way, really grinding it out and putting out that first project. Um, but I relate to Summer because she's singing, but she's singing about some real shit that, like, I can relate to. Like, I like the teeny bopper cute, like, R&B shit, but, like, she be rapping about that real shit that, like, women, you know, black women are dealing with. So, I'm enjoying watching her grow, for sure. Being a business owner, there are some good and bad parts of owning your own company. What would you say is the best and the worst part? The best part is being in control of my time because <laughs> I literally like, and I wake up all the time and I'd be like, damn, I can really wake up and decide with what I'm about to do. Like, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make a smoothie. I'm going to work out. And then I'm going to do my work until like, I literally like, I'm going to travel. Like, I don't have to ask nobody when I'm leaving. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> um, 
I think the worst part would be the pressure of delegating because I'm not like the best. I'm learning. Um, like I said, I didn't have a team until like a couple months ago. So like I'm learning about delegating. That would be like the most, I wouldn't say that's the worst, but that's like one of the worst pressures that I have. Like, am I doing enough? Am I delegating? Like, is it time for an intern? Those decisions, like, you know, money, like, am I asking for enough? Am I not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to shortchange myself, but I think I'm on a good, a great track right now. So. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, especially for a boss woman who owns their own company and has a lot of experience, both on an agency side and on your own, it can be really difficult to learn to let go and delegate to people and, you know, hire people under you because you're so used to doing it by yourself for so long. And also you probably want to have that control over yeah, what I'm the a micromanager. <laughs> like I it like I know how I like things. I'm very particular about everything from scent to the way something looks to like the whole everything. And so I'm also learning to trust to let other people do th- like know that they can do their job. Because <laughs> I'm always like, no, like even today I was talking with the client. They're like, we think we're gonna let so and so do this. And I was like, we got that. But I'm like, I need to just I was like, you're right. I need to just let them do their thing and trust that people can operate because unless I let go, like you're not, I'm not going to be able to run a company. So trust is a big thing too. Are you looking for interns now? (laughs) Kind of. I need a special, I need a me. Like I get all these people applying and want to work for me. And then I like, they they get scared. Like I need somebody who is like a go-getter, ready to go learns on the fly two steps ahead like i haven't where are y'all at (laughs) until then i'm good like i don't i don't want to just bring on like i want like a real like i need a really good intern i'm down somebody who's teachable but uh, this is a new generation of kids i'm not gonna lie (laughs) you could say that that's why i'm like i'm keeping this very candid like it's a new generation out here and like i don't know where like i came from like you intern for free, you learn, like, you go to the next level. Like, these kids are like, how much is this? And where? I'm like, what? I didn't get to ask none of that. Like, I grinded it out. Like, I moved to New York and worked for free for two two companies, a magazine and a PR agency for free for a whole year. Not one complaint. Nobody would have known. Not one complaint. I mean, I saved up enough money before I got there to do that. But, like, people want to, like, you know make it big and do all this stuff and they don't even know what they got to do to get there and it's like it's a lot of going out when you don't feel like it it's a lot of working for free learning stuff not thinking something's owed to you like I I was blessed to work under like an OG in New York I was her assistant and I learned so much from her and you know what I mean it wasn't all peachy all the time but I respect that and her and I are friends to this day Shout out to Jessica Rosenblum. Um, But yeah, like she's, I learned so much from her. I don't regret anything that I did. I feel like the issue with this generation is patience. People say, oh, I want this and I want it now. Because it is such a, you know, fast time where instant gratification is a real thing in everything. You can order food off of your phone. You can post something and interact with thousands of people. Like there's so many instant responses that people sort of feel that that applies to the workplace 
and it really doesn't. Right, I'm like, I need you to get your hands dirty before you ask me for anything, because that's how I came up. Like, I had an internship at Fader Magazine. One day I might be working on a pitch deck and the next day I might be unwrapping some cords out of a box. <laughs> no, like I'm dead. Like I like sometimes I thought they were trying me. Like I was like, uh they were like, can you undo these cords? I'm like, are y'all serious? But I did it. You know what I mean? But it's weird. Like when you do those little annoying things, you learn like when I had to organize the magazines, like you learn like what year this cover was out and like what you know what I mean like you learn stuff along the way too like those things are important you read like the masters like you see who worked at the magazine like you learn stuff doing the stupid things like the little things that you think are stupid so I can't even tell you how many <laughs> stupid things I've done like interning in New courts. York I mean living in a closet organizing clothes like you know, yeah. coordinating with messengers, running around the city, getting jewelry plated that I was not getting paid for. I was interning. Like, right. there's so many things that you have to do before you can work at a company or even own your own business. I feel like right. there's such a misconception. Everyone thinks owning your business is like, yeah, you get to create your own day and that's awesome. But if you're coming right out of college, you need experience. Oh, right. Yeah. You need to work somewhere and like struggle for a little bit right. so that you know what it's like to right. actually make it because it's not going to be handed to you from day one. Like, oh, right. I graduated and now I'm going to become the director of marketing of a huge agency. Right. Like it doesn't work that way. And I think that the little moments like doing these things, interning and you know, maybe having a job where you don't really love it, but you know that it's going to help you in the long run. I feel mm -hmm. like those things um, need to have a little more value on them in this day and right. age because everyone is so used to jumping from one thing to the next. Right. So I think that assistant work is like the top thing I would say because you're right under that person. You learn everything. You do everything. Um, I learned. I was Coco and Breezy's assistant first when I was in college. That kind of gave me like the fashion you know, experience. And then, uh, yeah, working under Jessica, that, that was music. So I kind of got best of both worlds, being an assistant. Best of so. both worlds and the craziest worlds. Right. Because fashion and music is like right. the two most quote-unquote glamorous industries, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I feel like every person that I talk to that has worked in those industries, they're like scarred. Oh, I mean, I, I love it. I love what I do. That's why... I, Somebody tweeted and was like, do you work just because or like, do you like your job or do you just do it? Like, I, like, I honestly love what I do. Like when I get a placement, like that shit is like a high to me. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I want another one. Like I, anything I do, like music being in the studio, like I like to create, I like to be around creating. Like I could be the only girl in the studio. I'm in there. Like I love my job. So I don't know if that differentiates me from anybody else but maybe yeah <laughs> a lot of people that I've talked to like worked at labels and there were a lot of like male over female situations where they weren't able to excel and it was a much more corporate structured environment so and I, think I think that's my difference I don't have a lot of corporate um, experience because I've been alone and I get outsourced by these people so even though I am working with a rock nation or whoever I, it's still like my own thing so I'm still I don't have to deal with the day to day in an office of dealing with that man or whatever like I'm just doing my project like <laughs> that's why I love it so yeah you went from basically being like second to the owner so many times 
right. working with Coco and Breezy and Jessica, mm-hmm. that you kind of were like, oh, well, I can do this too. And ended yeah, up, after a while, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, and ended up, you know, starting your own company. And you know, through all the lessons that you've learned from that, I'm sure it's a, allows you to evolve into um, a stronger, wiser businesswoman. Oh, for sure. And luckily, I got to work under women. <laughs> That's another cool thing. Yeah, very rare. Yeah. Especially in music and Bosses. fashion. <laughs> Bosses who taught you things. Right. I was like, okay. No, it, they were both fun jobs. Like, especially working with Jessica, like planning events and like, She's, you know, she used to do Diddy's white parties back in the day in the Hamptons. So she's all about, like, down to the Bellinis. Like, this lady don't play. Like, no, she, that's why I'm like, I kind of learned a lot, like, um, as far as producing events from her. And then with Coco and Breezy, like, they're just beasts on their own. They went from making their own, you know, sunglasses in the living room to, like, now they're in, (laughs) they're everywhere. Like, it's crazy. I knew it was crazy when Prince reached out. I was like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> like Prince you were like hey so I just got this email <laughs> I'm like um, well no I was no longer their assistant we were actually roommates at that time um, but Prince reached out for them to make like a special like pair of shades for him and I was like okay this is crazy you're but... like casual Saturday are you out uh, working... <laughs> yeah I was like you're about to go link up with Prince and they're like yeah you're like how's that, that uh, <laughs> Prince project coming along right oh, it, that was crazy living with them during that time that's amazing. Are there any so, takeaways that you got from them and anything that you've learned from Coco and Breezy that you take with you? For sure. I think um, partnership because watching two sisters be in business, that was great. And then um, diversity and what they do because, yes, they make eyewear, but they're DJs. They produce. They, you know, now they're in um, real estate. So, like, they have a lot of different uh, ventures going on and it was cool to be in the mix to see how how they do it and we're both we're from the same hometown minnesota so there's clearly a lot going on in minnesota because you met your partner now Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say i mean i love my city but we more so uh we all gelled and branched out in other cities you know, my partner, she went to Hampton. I went to Howard. <laughs> but um, we connected kind of after high school. It was kind of like it wasn't during. Like, yeah, I grew up around these people, but it was kind of like we were all still into other things. And I think like once we got to like New York or like D.C., you know, DMV area, that's when we all kind of like connected. Yeah, so that's why it's so important to not burn any bridges, right? Right. Especially from your past or people you grew up with. Because (laughs) the industry is small. Whether every, I feel like every industry is small. And the people that work in those industries, everyone talks. So it's important to be nice even when you don't want to. It's important to work hard and not get caught up in like the drama at work. Oh, right. Keep to yourself and... Always be on good terms with people. Don't let not communicating with someone ruin a relationship. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's important to, you know, keep in touch with people, reach out to people, even if you feel like it's weird. Like, oh, I haven't seen this person since high school, but maybe if you reach out to them and you're like, hey, you want to go get know. coffee? Right. <laughs> like, and you never know what people are up to. Exactly. And especially now, I feel like people in this day and age are really more open to being adventurous and meeting up with people that they haven't seen in forever right. and maybe starting something because 
everyone's kind of doing doing their own thing right now and right. you don't know what a simple text message can do or right. where it can take you so nurture those relationships and really just try and be on good terms with people yeah i'm all about collaboration <laughs> <laughs> do you have any collaborations coming up or do any of your artists i do talk um, to me but I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm like, I do. But no, I have a really, really, really cool project coming soon. And You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> right. I'm like, look, Blair got the tea. But no, like, yeah, I have a really cool project, but I can't speak on the details. Okay. Just yet. But just know that it's, it's, diff it's different than anything you've seen me do before. Okay. I'll well, that. <laughs> that's exciting. We'll be on the lookout for that. Yes. How do you unwind? Because owning your own business, it's really difficult to create a work day for yourself, right? Like life mm -hmm. and business kind of merge together. So how do you, how do you practice self-care? What are some things that you do to unwind? I, was, I mean, I think the gym helps me a lot. It gives me a time to where I don't have to pick up my phone. I can literally take an hour and just like get what I need to get done take that self time. I grew up in sports, so I'm used to kind of like let it, doing that as a release. Um, I get massages. That's like my thing. And I get my nails done. I think self-care is important. Like if you look good, you feel good, you smell good. Look, <laughs> no, I'm just all about feeling. I've always been like that. I never let myself like like, before I go crazy, I'm going to get that massage. Like, <laughs> you ain't got to worry about that. Like, I'll take a trip. I'll go, like, no. You, I've never, like, neglected myself in that manner. I might, like, work super, super hard, but I'm never going to, like, drive myself to the point where, like, my I got bags and shit. No. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm going to get a massage. Talk to you later. <laughs> no, like, that's me. Like, talk to you later. Do not I'll disturb. be at the Four Seasons. No, that's me. I'm dead ass. Like, if you can't get in touch with Europe and you're in Atlanta, like, she's at the Four Seasons at look, the bar, post massage. Yep. Waiting for you. I gave you one of my little spots. I better not see y'all pop up. <laughs> so, is there any advice that you'd want to give to the people, or a mantra that you live by that we can end off on? I'm all about working smarter, not harder. That's literally how I feel. Like, even with, <laughs> ask Mariah, like, she'll be, I'm like, girl, we just need to get straight to the point. Let's just work smarter and not harder. That's how I feel. <laughs> but my artist I'm just so dropped an EP with three songs. It's dope. Go find it. Soon you'll understand. Khalees, her at name is K3LESE. Yeah, that somebody took her name. We're going to get that sooner or later. Instagram <laughs> right if you're now listening. K3LESE. Um, but no, that's my focus right now. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the next, what, how many months of this year do we have left? Two <laughs> Three, many? two, two and a half. Okay. I'm honestly excited for this tail end of the year. Like, this is my favorite time of the year. So be ready Keep for the positive surprises. vibes going. Oh, yeah, I've been... I'm look, ready for this year to be over. I'm enjoying these last couple months. No, for real, like... You're on vacation, you're in Miami, like, you're chilling. It's a work trip. You just got a massage. <laughs> look. Came for the podcast. Came for the podcast. Perfect. Yes. 
Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for Everybody, me. keep it locked on Europe for her top secret project that she won't tell us about. Hopefully, we'll find out soon. Follow her on Instagram and stay tuned for a new episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. I hope you enjoyed listening. Follow me at The Blair List on Instagram and Twitter. Like the Facebook page, subscribe, all that good stuff, and keep it locked. New episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Bye.